Greetings and welcome to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. In today's show, you'll discover how to ensure you're gifting your audiences with experiences, not simply content or show. We have with us Karen McCullough, who will share her tips for adding interactive elements and relevant references to your presentations. Then we'll hear from Tammy Evans on how you can leverage acting techniques for your speaker storytelling. Put your thinking cap on and be ready to get creative. Let's go. On this segment of Voices of Experience, we have one of my favorite speakers in the world because she just happens to be my speaker mentor, Karen McCullough. Now, Karen McCullough averages anywhere between 50 to 60 corporate keynotes per year. So she's one of those wonderful rare unicorns where she is a real keynoter and that's almost all she does. So welcome to Voices of Experience, Karen. Hello, welcome. I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> I'm excited to have you and especially because of your topic because you're going to talk about going from delivering content to crafting an experience. Right. And I've been in audiences, I've seen you speak, I've seen how people react to you. You're kind of like the millennial whisperer. It's, it's bizarre. Like my, my group loves you way more than they love me but uh, yeah. I think it's because you're great at crafting experiences. So my first question is, what does it mean to move from delivering content to delivering an experience? And why should that even be a goal? Well, for me, really content is how I started. I thought that was what we do as keynoters. I delivered content and I started looking at my audiences and as they got younger millennials, I realized that they wanted to be part of the show. Hmm. And I got excited about that because I wanted them to be part of the show. So I began doing and creating ideas and interactive segments where I could use the audience. And now I really work with each keynote and every keynote that I write, I definitely put in the interactive and the fun game pieces. It's part of who I am now. And that's really what they expect. Oh, so it's not enough for us to just show up and deliver content anymore. After well, people have heard people like you, then the rest of us have the pressure of catching up is what you're telling us. You're setting the rest of us up. I don't know. I, I don't want to be that general. All I say is when they hire me, because usually right. they hire me to open, right? Okay. Okay. And they, they find me on my content. Don't get me wrong. They're looking for the content. Mm -hmm. But man, they want that experience. You know, they want me to get the party started and they want me to be responsible for keeping that conversation going when I get off the stage, you know, keep it going throughout the conference. Okay. You said people hire you because you're supposed to get the party started. What <laughs> if we want to get the party started? What kind of things should we include in our talks to create experiences? I have to, I can only talk from me. I am a pop culture junkie. So I get motivated by Game of Thrones and I get motivated by Bravo TV and I see these things on there. So you may see something from any show that's been on TV. I try to incorporate that game into it. Um, I'm a lot about my perspective. So I've studied my content and I give them my take on it. So as I talk about my perspective, I see heads nodding. And I think that those kind of off, really kind of a little off the edge, if you okay. want to call it ideas, get the conversations going. You know, you may not agree with me, but at least I've got you talking about the subject matter. So I don't bring everybody up on stage. I'm more of a, I go out to them sort of a person. Mm -hmm, sometimes mm -hmm. I do games. Sometimes I'm a little bit of Oprah. I'll walk around with my mic. Mm -hmm. It just depends on what I feel the audience needs. I do a conference call. Okay. I, I asked the, uh, the, I asked the meeting planner what it is that they want, what they need, and then I begin to bring in the fun. Hmm. Okay. Hmm. Bring in the fun. So 
you know, you've mentioned that you're a mix of content with that fun. So can you share in a minute or less how you would basically outline a talk? Oh, well, I don't do, you know, we've got, we, we all know the standard talk, mm-hmm. but I kind of, I'm going beyond that right now. I have three things that I use in my talk. Okay. I open with curiosity. Mm. So I'm going to open and right, right now I'm opening to a, a Smash Mouth song. And one of the things <laughs> I talk about is you who remember Smash Mouth in here. It gets them laughing right away. Just the word Smash Mouth is funny and the mm-hmm. song's pretty good. So I'm trying to get them in the very beginning in the opener to think, what is she going to talk about? This is interesting. You know, I'm going to close down my phone and I'm going to listen for an hour if, if that's what I get. Mm-hmm. Then I go into insights. So instead of my content, I think of it more as insights. What's new? What can I give them that will be relevant to today? So I try to mix my content up. So I go curiosity, insights, and at the end, I want blood. (laughs) At the end, I want commitment. So I'm going to move them towards wanting to change. Okay. Move them towards loving millennials. I'm going to move millennials towards wanting to get to know me, a baby boomer, or whatever it is that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So it's curiosity, insights, and commitment. Those are, that's my outline. Kick. You like it? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Curiosity. Insights. Insights. Commitment. CIC. I love it. I love it. So as you're incorporating these different games and things like that, you are naturally a creative person. You even have an arts background. People might not know that about you. But for the rest of us that may not be as artsy, do you mind sharing maybe your three favorite tools? That could be apps, websites, or other items for adding just a little something extra to your presentation? Yeah. I talk to people a lot about this. So if I'm doing a a class on keynoting, I say, what inspires me? Mm-hmm. I have to be inspired. So I am really a podcast junkie. I listen to podcasts all the time. And I, my favorites are uh, Seth, Seth Grodin, uh, Joe Rogan, How I Built This. Hey, Jane Atkinson, I love you out there, the speaker. Uh, <laughs> and now my new famous love is Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. So I just spent quite a bit of uh, investment with Donald Miller. Mm-hmm. And I've learned a lot about storyboarding and about making the audience the hero. So this is my new thing. It's really focusing on the audience. So I'm, I'm not really a techie. Mm-hmm. I love my podcasts and I love right. my Bravo TV. Right. I watch a lot of Comedy Central. Okay. Uh, I got some of my body language actually from Ellen when I was watching the Ellen show. Okay. So I really put a lot of time into, um, well, into watching the shows. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you're actually, you know, when you talk about being a, a pop culture uh, junkie and incorporating that into your talk, you really have to study that. I mean, it sounds like that's what you're doing on Comedy Central. That's what you're doing the podcast. You're studying this. I study a lot of stand-up. And um, I work on things. I try new things uh, up here in my office, in my living room. And I have a videographer. on. So I have my own videographer. I have my team. I have my creative team. And my videographer pushes me. Mike is my videographer. Mm-hmm. He pushes me to be creative. And so we, we try things out. Ooh, some, so it's- some don't. But you know what? I think that the pushing, me pushing that envelope has really given me a lot more confidence on stage to try new things. I can't give people the uh, formula for how to be interactive mm-hmm. because it really depends on your personality. Okay. I would tell people, what do you love to do? Mm-hmm. What is it that you love? What's the music you love? What's the comedy you love? What's the, whatever it is that you're reading. Maybe it's CNBC and money. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Bring it on stage with you. Start tapping into what you love and share that with the audience. 
Now let's build on the tips Karen shared by discovering how we can also incorporate acting techniques to better serve our clients and maybe help ourselves cheat a little bit. In studio today, we have Tammy Evans, CSP, who's been performing professionally for 29 years, and she's going to talk to us about leveraging acting techniques for storytelling. Tammy, thank you for joining us with Voices of Experience. My pleasure. You've been performing professionally for 25 years, but you weren't always a speaker. Uh, correct. I actually, well, I have a Master of Master of Fine Arts in Performance, and that started um, when I was a professional stage actress, which oh. led into film and television acting. Um, I taught university some communication and acting skills. I helped Jeff Daniels, the famous actor, start the Purple Rose Theater Company. Wow. And then with his help, moved to New York City where I worked on One Life to Live, Sex in the City. I ended up on the cutting room floor of several movies like Stepmom. Oh, wow. <laughs> and then I got into voiceover work and I, I became the voice for Nissan and Givenchy and People Magazine and one of the bits of work that I did went everywhere, and I think probably the listeners may have heard me, uh, if you'll indulge me. Uh, okay. Listen to this little piece of work. <clears throat> Your call is very important to us. Please remain on the line for the next available representative. So now... What? You a, I know. You have, now you have a face to hate. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, now now that we all know how we know you, we all know Tammy Evans. We've all known you for a long time and didn't know it. So for the rest of us mere mortals that did not go to school for acting and haven't been in all these glamorous movies, why should the average professional speaker care about using acting techniques in their stories from the platform? So I think acting techniques can really add a powerful layer to help you engage with the audience, to help you connect with people on a deeper level. However, I have to say the caveat, my first thing to say is a caveat to say, the number one thing I would recommend as far as implementing acting skills into your speech is to make sure that it isn't too polished. Mm. It isn't too performance perfect. Mm. And this was the lesson that I learned after being classically trained and, and acting professionally for so many years, I had to realize that that willing suspension of disbelief, that, that fourth wall that all actors, you know, they we operate with the realization that the audience is saying, I'm going to pretend like there's a wall here and then you are going to perform and we are going to applaud. You must break that wall. You must engage with the audience. And that is the biggest difference between acting or performing on that level and speaking and performing on that level. So it's that audience engagement. It's cutting through that fourth wall, really letting the energy of the audience intermingle with the energy of the speaker mm -hmm. and vice versa. Ooh. Having given that caveat, I have three things that I wanted to talk about. There are hundreds of ways to implement acting techniques into your speaking performance, okay. but I've narrowed it down to three. Let's hear them. And sometimes people tell me it's easier to remember things when there's like an acronym or things like that. And you know, we're speakers, we love to have a little tagline. So I know that, that there's, that there's, I've been hearing a lot about something that helps people relax or helps alleviate pain. And it's kind of trending now, but I think it's going to be around for a long time, no matter when you're listening to this. And that is CBD oil. Oh, <laughs> I didn't see 
see this one coming. (laughs) So uh, not anything that has to do with, um, you know, intoxicating substances or anything like that. But the the thing that makes you relax. So I'm hoping that these acting techniques will allow speakers to feel more relaxed about the thought of adding acting techniques into their speaking performance. Okay, let's get to three. So the C stands for center. An actor decides where the center of energy in their body is going to be when they're playing a character. Mm. Depending on what the character wants to get across, they will change where that center of energy is in their body. For instance, if you're playing a character who is very intellectual, very heady and cerebral, you may put the center of your energy up in your forehead. That may be where you where you just focus that energy to gather in your body. It changes the way you walk. It changes the way you turn your body and move. It changes the way you interact. I'd like to encourage speakers to think about having a center when they speak. So if you are a speaker that is extremely analytical, then you would want to perhaps think about having that energy in your prefrontal cortex Mm -hmm. so that all of your energy is going to that place and all of your energy is going out from that place. Likewise, if you are a heart-centered speaker Mm -hmm. and you want that passion to really come through, think about your energy accumulating in your body in that place. It changes the way you move across the stage. It changes the way that you um, outwardly give energy and inwardly receive energy from the audience. So that's centering. Where is your center? Okay. The second one is B, which stands for blocking in this case. Blocking is the theatrical way of saying movement on stage. Mm. I think blocking can be a critical tool for speakers in the fact that it will help you know where you are going to be on stage and why you are going to be there. This is a suggestion. This is a common suggestion of how the audience reads blocking. Mm -hmm. Down stage right, Mm -hmm. which is if you are the speaker, that would be your right hand. And down means you're the closest to the audience. In the olden days, stages used to be raked, which means tilted, Mm -hmm. so that they were highest at the very back of the stage, Mm -hmm. meaning up stage. And they were lowest at the front of the stage, meaning Downstage. Okay. Stage right is to the actor's right. Mm -hmm. Stage left is to the actor's left. Okay. So if you are talking about blocking or setting a movement, Mm -hmm. if you walked down stage right, Mm -hmm. that would be the past. Okay. If you lock that in and think anything that you're talking about happened in the past, Mm would happen downstage right. Okay. Another suggestion I would make is that downstage left Mm -hmm. would be the future. Okay, that's logical. (laughs) So if you're a speaker talking about in 1936 when leadership, you know, development was starting and people, you might want to walk downstage right. Now, as you talk about the journey that leadership has gone through over the past 25 years, you may walk across the stage to downstage left so that you are making the natural progression of past to present and your audience can follow you physically along as they follow you mentally along. So that is just an idea. The other thing that blocking really helps with Mm -hmm. is that if you rehearse your speech in the locations that you have set on stage for each part of your speech, your physicality of 
landing on the spot that you have blocked for that speech will also help you remember the concept that you wanted to share in that speech. If you wander on the stage back and forth, Mm -hmm. then you're wandering a lot of times in your mind. Mm. But if you know that I'm walking to the left of the lectern for the fact and statistic that I want to share at this point, and then I'm walking downstage left because Mm -hmm. I want to talk about the impact that statistic has on future growth and development, your body will naturally allow your mind to remember the concepts that you are going to share. So it'll help both the audience as well as you with your memorization. Absolutely. Absolutely. The third is D, Mm -hmm. which stands for diction. Mm. Professional performers spend hours and hours perfecting diction. I think that someone who has an accent, someone who has an interesting rhythm in their voice, someone who has a unique way of sharing words Mm -hmm. is brilliant. You should want to be diverse in that way. You should want to be distinct in that way. However, I think every single speaker and performer can afford to spend a little bit of time getting more clear on their diction. Okay. And diction really is just about the words that you use and how they come out of your mouth so that they are easier to understand for the audience. Okay. Now, a a really easy example is in the Great Lakes region where I grew up, there's a common word. I grew up in Michigan, which is called the mitten state, right? So it's shaped like a mitten. Right. Now, if you say the word mitten, There are three ways to say the word mitten. Okay. If I say, I'm from Michigan, the mitten state, that sounds overproduced. That sounds overdone. Okay. So if I say, I'm from Michigan, Mm -hmm. it's the mitten state. That's under dictated. So if you find that balance of, I'm from Michigan, it's the mitten state. Right. You've got the consonants in there. They're represented. This takes practice, this takes rehearsal, and my favorite way to have people rehearse this is to have their earbuds in so they don't look crazy and walk through airports or through the streets of your city and just talk your talk. Say your speech, just walk along, and that way with all of the sounds that are going on, all the things that are happening, you will be forced to dictate more in order to be heard. And you can record it, so you can actually listen to if you sound over-dictated or under-dictated. This is brilliant, Tammy. (laughs) Well, I hope it's helpful. I think these are really three very small things that people can try without having to make a major difference in the speeches that they're doing. And like I said, there's hundreds of tips and tools, so if anyone needs any more, I'm happy to to help anyone that would need some help in that area. Thank you so much, Tammy, for teaching us about CBD when it comes to acting, not anything else. Thanks for joining us on Voices of Experience. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. Don't forget to share and subscribe. If you're not already a member of the National Speakers Association, check out nsaspeaker.org. An NSA membership is the perfect holiday gift for your business. Be sure to tune in next week when we'll build on today's topic and look at innovative techniques and tools for fine-tuning your talks.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.